0: to Yo and Yo's podcast. We've had the privilege of advising Michigan businesses for over 95 years and we want to share our knowledge with you. Covering tax, accounting, technology, financial and advisory topics relevant to you and your business, Yo and Yo's podcast is hosted by industry and subject matter experts where we go beyond the beans. So if you want to stay in the know about business issues and trends that affect you, then keep listening because this is Everyday Business with Yo and Yo.
1: Becky Millsap, Principal at Yo & Yo. Welcome to this episode of Everyday Business, where we will focus on tax issues affecting your business and personal tax situation. Today, we're going to talk about inheritances and the tax impact of receiving an inheritance. With me today is Andrew Matuzek, a manager in our Sagina office and co-leader of the Yo & Yo's Trust and Estate Team. Thank you for joining me, Andrew.
2: Hi, Becky. Thanks for having me.
1: Andrew, we get a lot of questions from our clients on inheritance and whether or not they will be taxable. Before we get into the taxability of inheritance, though, can you tell me some of the ways a person can receive an inheritance? Sure,
2: absolutely. One of the most common ways in which a person receives an inheritance is from being a named beneficiary of a person's estate or trust. Typically, children will be the named beneficiaries of their parents' estates or trusts. So there is a decent chance that the majority of people will receive an inheritance within their lifetime. Another common way in which someone receives an inheritance is through a beneficiary designation, a financial account, which is usually a bank account or retirement account, or on a life insurance policy. Beneficiary designations will actually trump to name beneficiaries of a trust if
1: utilized properly,
2: and they are a very effective estate planning mechanism for efficiently getting beneficiaries quick access to an inheritance.
1: Andrew, is there another way that potentially people could gain inheritance?
2: Yeah, so one other common way is with the person receives an inheritance through jointly owned property, which can be a financial account or real property. And sometimes a child will get named as a joint owner of a parent's bank account for ease of paying bills. And that account actually becomes the child's account upon the parent's death, which most people aren't aware of. So it can be tricky when you use joint beneficiaries on a financial account or real property.
1: Could that child have access to the account prior to the parent's death?
2: Yes, they could. And as an alternative to that, I would say just allow your child to have check writing authority on the account. That's a better option versus naming them as a joint owner on the account.
1: Those are excellent examples. Does the taxation of an inheritance differ between each one of those?
2: So this is actually a complicated question. Uh, Not necessarily. So the taxation of an inheritance not only depends on how the assets are inherited, but it also depends on the type of assets that are being inherited and how those assets are being distributed to the beneficiaries. So for example, if you're inheriting the funds in a retirement account, uh, that will pose different tax consequences than inheriting cash from a bank account. And the taxation of an inherited retirement account by a beneficiary designation Can be different than inheriting that same account through a trust. There are a lot of various complex issues involved in this, and the biggest issue is the type of assets that are being inherited versus the vehicle through which they're being inherited.
1: So, you mentioned the type of assets being inherited can be one of the main factors in whether or not there will be taxation on an inheritance. I think maybe we should break down a little bit of these different types of inheritances. So, what if someone inherited like bank accounts or savings accounts or um, investment accounts? Can you kind of go through some of those? Examples? Yeah,
2: yeah. So let's, let's start with bank accounts just because those are probably the most simple. Bank accounts really don't trigger any taxable event because they're usually funded with after-tax money. There is no taxation on the actual principal of the funds when they get distributed out to their ultimate beneficiaries. However, prior to being distributed to the beneficiaries, there might be a little bit of interest income or something that might need to be reported on a tax return if it's being inherited through a trust or through an estate. The interest portion would be the only portion that would ever be subject to taxation for a bank account. Now, likewise with an investment account, that gets a little trickier. The assets, if they're owned by a person and actually go through the individual's estate when they pass away, those assets will all get stepped up to fair market value. Typically, when you sell a stock or a bond, there are usually some kind of capital gain or capital loss associated with that sale. And if the sale occurs shortly after date of death, then there likely won't be a massive amount of capital gain or loss for the beneficiaries to report on their tax returns due to that, due to the step up in value. Any dividends or interest that those stocks or bonds incur after date of death and when they get into the hands of the beneficiary, those are all subject to tax by the beneficiary. So that would be the only portion of those assets that would have a tax liability.
1: What about retirement plans, like traditional IRAs or if I inherited a 401k, and does it differ if it's a Roth IRA?
2: Yes, the The simple answer is it it does depend. So a traditional IRA, 401k, it's going to be taxed ultimately the same as if it were in the hands of the original owner. Distributions to the beneficiary are going to be ordinary income and they're going to be taxed at the ordinary or regular tax rates of the beneficiary versus if it's a Roth IRA or Roth 401k, in many instances that doesn't trigger any tax liability at all. It is still reportable income on your tax return but it doesn't trigger any taxation when those funds are distributed. So that can be a huge benefit to inheriting a Roth IRA versus a traditional IRA.
1: Is there a time frame in which I need to take that money out?
2: Yeah, so again, that depends as well. So we just had a new law that passed in late 2019 called the SECURE Act Basically, the biggest change with that act is any retirement account that are transferred to a beneficiary after someone's death, if the death occurred after 2019, so 1-1-2020 or later, those funds actually have to be distributed within 10 years in most cases. Uh, there are some exceptions for minor children, spouses that inherit their um, deceased spouse's account, but in large part, if you're a child inheriting the retirement account of your parent, there will be a 10-year withdrawal requirement to liquidate that entire account. So that can pose significant tax issues if there's a large traditional IRA balance that's being
1: inherited, for sure. Yeah, so if you inherit something, definitely see your tax accountant to help you plan
2: for distribution. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: So oftentimes mom and dad still live in their house, And then that house and the real estate, or maybe they even have a second home, but that real estate will often pass to the children upon the parent's death. The same thing with like their personal property. How does that get handled in an inheritance situation?
2: So that's very similar to the brokerage or investment account that we talked to before. All of those assets will receive either a step up or in some instances, a step down in value upon their death. So uh, we'll just take the example of a real estate. A lot of times real estate will appreciate from the time it's purchased, especially if you're talking about a parent who's lived in their house for 30 or 40 years. It should be worth more on the date they pass away than it was when they bought it. If the house or real property is sold within a short time frame after death, then there are likely very minimal uh, tax consequences from that sale the majority of those proceeds will be tax-free to the beneficiaries when they are ultimately distributed to them. In terms of tangible real properties, such as like furniture or jewelry or something of that sort, that might actually get a step down in value because it's probably not worth the original value of when someone purchased it. Basically, the fair market value is usually just going to be the actual sales price because that's the best determination of what the value or what, what someone is willing to purchase that asset for. And if it's within you know a year uh, from date of death, that's what we would use as the stepped-up value. So there would literally be no gain or loss on the sale or liquidation of those assets.
1: Andrew, we get a lot of calls about people that inherit life insurance. What about life insurance? Is that taxable income? Life insurance in and of itself is not taxable
2: income. That is the good news about life insurance. So the principal portion of the life insurance policy will not be taxable income to the ultimate beneficiary. However, there could be some potential tax consequences with any interest that is paid out from date of death to eventual payout of the life insurance policy. So if we're talking a large life insurance policy, let's say like $500,000, $500,000, there could be a fairly significant amount of interest income that is also paid from date of death to when the life insurance policy is paid out that would present taxable income to
1: the beneficiary, and that would be reported on their tax return. What if I inherit a, a business from my loved one? How does yes. that work in inheritance?
2: So, so that's another tricky question because there are a couple different components, just like an investment account or a brokerage account that we talked about earlier. There is a value of the actual asset and then there could be potential taxes from the income that that business interest generates. Let's just start off with the value of the of the business. The value of the business is gonna get stepped up to date of uh, value on date of death. When you're looking at possibly selling a business interest, there could be capital gain or capital loss that is triggered upon sale. Um, and it's all gonna be based on how much it's sold for versus what the value is at date of death. So that's going to be the starting point of your basis in that asset is going to be fair market value at date of death. So now let's jump into the other side of it. Any income, if we're talking about a partnership or an escort return, any income that is generated within that entity could be passed out to you and reportable on your personal tax return. Oftentimes there could be income reported to you, but you may not get any actual cash or the same amount of cash as the eventual income that you're reporting. So it's almost considered like phantom type income where the cash you might get out of the business does not equal the value of the taxable income that you'll have to report. So those are the two components that you would eventually see with inheriting a business.
1: And just one question is, how do I know my value is of that business when I inherit it?
2: That's a great question. So one of the things you'll want to do if you are inheriting a business from a loved one is to have a valuation done. So you know what the value of that business is worth. That's where a CPA or a valuation analyst can come in handy a lot of times valuations can be done by the same CPAs that handle the estate or the trust of your loved one. So that's a great starting point to determine what the value of that business ultimately is. And the nice thing about working with the CPA is they'll know how to treat that on your tax return and your loved one's tax return and either their trust or estate tax return when that's being filed.
1: You spoke a little bit about there being complex tax rules for inheritance in a trust versus maybe inheriting it outright personally. Can you explain that a little bit?
2: Yeah, so the big difference is assets that are inherited through a trust, the income that those assets generate could eventually get trapped within the trust instead of being reported on the individual beneficiary's tax returns. So the downside with that is trust tax rates are much higher than individual tax rates. So at the trust level, the max tax rates start at around $12,500 of taxable income, which for an individual, that might start at $400,000 of taxable income. So there's a significant tax increase if large amount of income is taxed within the trust versus being taxed at the beneficiary level in order to get that income passed through the trust to the individual beneficiaries is to distribute the income in the form of cash or other assets in kind to the beneficiaries. That would basically shift the income from the trust to the beneficiaries themselves.
1: Okay, so you can definitely see that planning is key. Yes. And certainly you want to work with some Qualified professional, CPA, attorney, to get everything drafted so that it puts things in the best light for you personally, for your goals, as well as to save taxes.
2: Absolutely. And a step further than that, if you're a beneficiary about to inherit through a trust, it's important to know what your tax liabilities could be so that you're not surprised on tax time. And that's where working with the CPA, you'll be able to identify what that is and actually plan ahead of time to avoid or minimize those tax
1: burdens. Perfect. Andrew, thank you for all your insight on inheritance and taxation of inheritance. If you're interested in learning more about the tax impact of an inheritance, visit yoandyo.com, where you can find a copy of our show notes and additional resources. Thank you to everyone who joined us today. I am Becky Millsap, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Everyday Business with Yo and Yo.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Yo & Yo's Everyday Business Podcast. Yo & Yo's Podcast can be listened to on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and of course, our website. Please subscribe, rate, and review. For more business insights, visit our resource center at yoandyo.com and be sure to subscribe to our newsletters. We'll talk to you next time on Yo & Yo's Everyday Business Podcast. The information provided in this podcast is believed to be valid and accurate on the date it is first published. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the podcast reflect the views of the speakers. This podcast does not constitute tax, accounting, legal, or other business advice, or an advisor-client relationship. Before making any decision or taking action, you should consult with a professional regarding your specific circumstances.